Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by WitchSchool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And welcome to Elder Talk, and I'm happy to talk about Gaia. Uh, this is our monthly exploration by the elders of the Korean tradition, the first elders, um, and the kind of the idea of speaking of that. Uh, Lady Alyssa, Lady Stephanie, and Lord Don will all spoke to their own versions of the same thought of Gaia. And the idea was based on a premise that Lady Stephanie Neal thought that we have such divergent and well and simultaneously the same views that if we were to take a subject and not talk to each other about it or not in any way coordinate it, would you know people be able to hear uh, a differential of arguments, different ideas, um, and also where the ideas come together. So today is one of those very different days, I think, um, because we're going to be talking about Gaia. And I'm a well-known Gaia, so I'm Ed the Pagan. Um, I'm also Sir Ed Carell, as you know, inside the Carellian tradition. Uh, in recent years, I've decided to be more my paladin self in that, uh, that the idea of modulities and, and creating the identities and ways to be an observer and, and operate in different uh, ways in different communities. And in this one, uh, I'm Sir Ed Carell, but I'm also known as Ed Pagan because I do podcasting. I do a lot of energizing. So... I'm also known by my birth name, Ed Hubbard, and uh, here we go. So Gaia, for me, people think of very quickly as Mother Earth and the idea of mother to us all. And oftentimes, it's an anthropized, humanized version of the goddess. And so that's one of those energies that we go out. And that's kind of the popular contemporary Western culture of it. Um, certainly it's not thought of in the same way in Asia and different areas and, and populations have different points of view. So ultimately the, the earth goddess goes back to the idea of life and death itself, the birthing of life, it's continuous process. And, uh, and very much the feminine, very much about producing life in abundance and doing so against a male universe for all practicality for most of the modern religions. We're not sure about how deeply the earth goddess goes in the past, but it was much deeper, it was much more primal, and it still rides today. The next level up you have is a macro Gaia, Gaia of the cosmos, of all life, the Titan. The, wherever life is, that's where Gaia lies. It's sort of abstract ultra goddess, uh, macro goddess, Titan, and one above all, who gave birth to the gods, not just to uh, to the things that were part of the earth. And there are thousands of variations of this guy as well. And I will let others talk about that because in those mythologies, they are a lot greater um, knowledge than I do and would give you much more value for your time. But I want to discuss those so that you know that those will probably be discussed. I mean, you're talking to some of the, some great minds about this. But for me, I'm a hard guyist. Um, I Let us go ahead and talk about physical incarnate. My goddess, Gaia, is a physical incarnate being. She's a super organism that lives and controls all life on Earth. It is all life on Earth. It is we are, 
we are Gaia, we are God. Uh, and it's all the other God I will ever truly have. And it allows me to operate in a way that absolutely is creating of the idea of intelligence. <clears throat> and so that is what Gaia is. It is. She is planetary intelligence that has been several billion years old, who, has been, who were, was organic chemicals, maybe, or whatever way that it came to be. Um, I always love I love that line. Um, uh, it is the idea that Gaia, that life, um, uh, was put out in nineteen. Oh yeah, it was Love Love Lock. Um, and it explains how life well, life was thus an almost utterly improbable event with almost infinite opportunities of happening. So it did. There you go. Uh, that was Lovelock, 95, I believe. 95. And so he's got an absolutely amazing thing. But Lovelock um, believed in the idea of a physical organism. And he put it out there. He wrote books based on it. And he said, he said so many different things about it. And now he's his latest book at 100 years old, Nova Scene. Uh, believes that maybe we can redeem ourselves through artificial intelligence. But his original belief is a self-regulating or superorganism. And this was preceded by our own Oberon Zell. He talked about um, you know, theosophy, uh, Gaia, you know, Gaia as reborn as goddess, and explained it very well. We the millennial goddess statue, which continues to be one of the most physical examples of art and code about this belief of theogenesis or that the goddess is a self-generated being who basically has taken us through all of these things. And this is where I am a hard goddess because they're either, either we are seeing an absolute lie of history that there's somehow we were utterly tricked into believing something that we are seeing the records of. But Gaia wants to remember she's always been here. She's been so many different things and the code that we are today generated billions of years ago and has had many, many iterations. And our code is, is the code that has survived thus far. DNA. You know, you have thousands of ancestors out there connected to you by your genetics. And that, and then, and through that, it goes back further and further to eventually these bottlenecks and then re-exposes of energy. There is a part of your DNA that was once in a Lemur that, that we all kind of shared because we don't know how many of them generate to, to evolve. Evolution is a consistent, steady technology of Gaia as a being. And this is the hardest place for most hard Gaias to jump into is that we are involved with a self-regulating being that is self-creating itself to continue to exist. That's a really unusual thinking idea. So I um, absolutely believe in that. I believe that in, in my heart. And so my genetics goes through both my mother and my father and through my grandmothers and grandfathers and wherever they came from. 
So I'm the latest iteration of a long line of different programs. And sometimes those programs were basically in existence, you know, over long periods of times in different places and did, did different things. And that in our bodies, we know we're this composition of a, a long series of iterations of programs that our code has done. And it is for a purpose, I do believe. We've seen mass extinction of life and then Gaia rebuild from the code that she has left. And we're starting to learn code travels in a different way. We're talking about DNA. We're talking about RNA. We're talking about different ways that we interact together and create symbiotic relationships. I mean, the human body is an amazing symbiotic relationship. It hosts many, many communities of microbiological life within its systems that helps it exist. We aren't a singular physical being. We have components of us that have quite an independent life that just exists within us in a symbiotic relationship. Um, our gut has bacteria to help us decomposing, and depending where we're at, this type of bacteria we have. We have these tremendously symbiotic relationships in our bodies. We are also affected by everything we do. We eat material that has genetic codes in it. And it could either be, you know, digested and broken down for its components, could be feeding into ours, or it can also sometimes harbor harmful ones that can attack us in return, food, food poisoning and such. Uh, right now we're going through COVID, in which a viral life form for all practical purposes is threatening the human race, has brought us to our knees in sort of a global virus versus humanity war. It used not only um, the ability to be a disease, but at some level, it used the power of the media to absolutely terrify us and and at the same time used it to preserve us. It's a very interesting phenomenon um, where a virus is both physical and intellectually powerful and dangerous. So Gaia is a constant interaction of life forms to constantly progress a, genet- a form of genetic evolution. And a lot of people will want to go ahead and say, well, Gaia doesn't want this. We're destroying the planet. We're talking about a planet that once had acidic oceans. We've had tremendous planetary environmental disasters. It just didn't have us involved with it. So we think of ourselves as unique, but if you're actually Gaia, the code that we exist in, this is not not new. It may be different adaptations and will adapt. It makes the Asian idea that the family is more important than the individual, very powerful. And I think that's why one of the reasons why they remain a very powerful society, cultural creators, And though we don't necessarily always understand it or like it, they absolutely see the family as a continuation of life and uh, that they do build based on not just years or decades, but on lifetimes and generations to come. And so in that sense, Gaia is very much like that. She has tons of life forms that have just been happy to be their life forms. Uh, We have a Mr. Turtle, which I don't think has changed in millions and millions of years. He's just a big turtle, a tortoise. Or this land tortoise, but you know, exists. 
slow advancing for millions of years, if our science is correct. I mean, they started finding some interesting things about six, seven million years ago now, this recent week. So we have a hard-driving Gaia. No matter what you say, Gaia has attempted to preserve knowledge at some level so that it can be eventually read. The natural processes of life have left markings for us to read. Most people don't realize it, but there's like a statement out there that one of the scientists made. I forget what the name of the scientist is, but said without oxygen, Earth would have only sustained about 560, maybe 600 different minerals and uh, types of uh, elemental metallic crystals. But because of oxygen, because of life, releasing oxygen into the water and to the atmosphere and into spaces where metallics and uh, crystals could mix with them and oxygen could mix with them, right? That they became crystals as we know it, thousands and uh, thousands of crystals because they all share a common component, which was oxygen. One of the earliest marks of life on Earth, the formation of crystals based on oxygen. We went from methane breathing to oxygen breathing. And there's still methane breathers in, in, in our, in our uh, environment, and, and they are not many. And they're definitely down on the vents of the bottom of the ocean and everything else. But we went from planetary methane to planetary oxygen, which made everything that we know as life possible. But remember, there was a vet earlier civilization of microbial entities, uh, culture, planetary structure, whatever you want to call it, of methane. Uh, ones that handled methane. And then byproduct leaked oxygen, then oxygen became one of the principal movers that sped up energy. And voila, yeah, big bang theory. Here we go. We're, we're here. So the fact that Gaia will generate toxic environments, you know, to some life forms and that it's this benevolent entity in that aspect is wrong. We are now, as of 2012, humanity became an urban species more than a rural one. Half the human population in 2012, with it accelerating, are now living in cities. Tens of thousands, thousands of years. And, and Gaia had cities before humanity. We, saw, we see ants have tremendously powerful civilizations and cultures. And they do have a culture. They have a civilization. We may not comprehend it. We don't try to. We've been looking at it. But they talk and they communicate and they have a intelligence about them and they have agricultural and they have civilization and they have storage rooms and they have wars and they have slavers and they have all sorts of different types of civilizational type models around cities. And they've had this for longer than we can imagine. Some scientists actually have real answers. But they've had cities for a very long time. Cooperative tribes such as honeybees have existed for a very long time. Gaia tends to reuse the same models over and over again. 
a sign of progressive understanding, a sign of if you want any sort of creative design. You know, those who want a creation mythology, they're, you know, intelligent design of Gaia self-producing to become a living planetary entity. And a mere 65 million years ago, an asteroid came in and disrupted, which was a very rich, we believe, very rich time. Some people have argued that it may not have been as rich as it was. But it was definitely something that brought it to almost a halt again. And at that moment, I really do feel the spirit of Guy looks at, uh, at those little lemur-type mammal things and says, I want you to keep these asteroids off me. Figure it out. And through millions of years, you know, man is born now. There's going to be other intelligence. Lucky we see the chimpanzees have after. There's many chimpanzee tribes that we've now realized are in the st- their Stone Age. That they're using stones and other tools, and they have been for a long time. Um, we're becoming more self-aware of the world. We're building Gaia's minds now. We, we, we are absolutely heading towards protecting the planet from being hit by the next asteroid coming closer and closer. And not only that, what we get for it, and what we get for it is our constant ability to project outward. I think that what we're seeing is the add of adolescence for, for Gaia. We've seen her change again. So the seventh Genesis is going to be a very different series of life forms. First of all, understand what I'm talking about is the spectrum I think is going to happen over 300 years. And it begins today. I mean, it's already begun, I think, a, a little bit more in the past, but it absolutely has its, its ties today. You have a great chance to have a leverage. You're giving your families the, the future of Rembrandt and Picasso's. I'm talking about taking what was worth <coughs> a few dollars of paint and ink <coughs> and canvas. And because of the right intelligence, become worth millions. I think what I'm about to say to you has that chance to your family. It's money that you may not ever see and reap, but it is money that your family will be will be incredibly fortunate to have. So the next step of Gaia, preservation and the usage of seeds and genomes. The next set of Bitcoin-like creatures are going to be who owns the right to use genetic material. And that's right. So I am telling you that over the next 300 years, the biggest battles out there, it's already lost, but you can't stop them, but how much you're going to be involved with them is called uh, genetically engineered life forms, GELF. <laughs> wow. Um, I have a storm coming through, and... Uh, Every once in a while, it gets me with these allergies. I've never had allergies before. So nature's ability to affect me, pollen now tends to the universe to breathe, and it gets in my nose and nostrils. Um, but it's gelfing, genetic engineering life forms. And I think you also have the predecessors of that. And permaculturists, I think their desire to create safe spaces and islands is a really important 
in order to preserve any sort of genetic diversity, we're going to have to preserve as much of it now. And what I'm telling you now, owning land with forest on it and trees is extremely valuable. And if you can keep it in your family, keep it in your covens, keep it in your circles, keep it in your groups, keep it in your churches, I don't care how you have to keep it. The longer you keep it and make actual improvements upon it through uh, permaculture and everything else, a wild space, but as a living space, with as much diverse life as you need to survive, as we see parts of this uh, biosphere continue to collapse. And that includes the storage of seeds of all kinds. And at the highest levels, even eggs and, and sort of help with the preservation of all life. Every time piece of, of dollar that you can invest in the preservation of life and what you can actually help either by buying land or doing gardening, saving seeds, anything that you can pass on to the next generation in terms of seed and soil is going to be extremely important. Heirloom seeds of today are going to be necessary because there's a part of us that nothing's going to, we're not going to be able to stop. I've been listening to many different aspects of it. And uh, at this point in our history, there is no way to explain that the carbon is cumulative. And you can believe it or not believe it, but we've seen the signs. And so we have created a, a great deal of carbon into our atmosphere. And I'm not saying this is a good thing or a bad thing because you say, oh, this is, you know, this is terrible. This is against the goddess Gaia. No, no, this is, does not affect Gaia directly. The life forms on Earth as individualized components, yes. But from Gaia's point of view, no. You know, we've now known what happens to one of the greatest cities on Earth, more than 50 miles wide, preserved in the Sahara Desert. And they died because they starved themselves to death. They took down all of basically the woods and the forest. They killed all of the life, life around them. Warmic acid combined with a carnivorous, ever-increasing population of eventually trillions of entities ate themselves to death. Wasn't that sounding? But it was something amazing. So, you know, we have this ability this reality that even the most intelligent life forms on the planet at the time could destroy themselves and not destroy nature around it. Half the plant, more than half the plants weighed as of last year is of man-made goods. Now, it's very interesting. So the idea of Gaia is a self-regulating, self-determined entity that can actually carry out and move a certain amount of programs. And that our movement to acceleration into space leaves us, well, at the same time the planet is dying, resembles a lot of the way things breed and procreate. That's what hard Gaiaism is for me, that we are a hard-evolving 
right before our very eyes into a space form, to space life. And when we talk about genetically engineering life forms, we're going to take those ants with us to Mars. Of course we are. They're extremely important and useful. Can you imagine what they can do on Mars once they start out there? As we start digging into that lifeless soil down there and we start bringing it to life with Gaia's life, its genetic code, its alteration and creation of life from Earth, from its own womb, handled by its own bodies and created upon its own systems. That's a very unpopular way to look at this, isn't it? That nature can be that intelligence, hyper-intelligence. That it could evolve itself through its own actions, through its own entities, into creating a hyper-intelligence to help itself regulate the planet, Novacine, something that James Lovelock has just came out with. Could the artificial intelligence at the end be the redemption, the purpose of creating such a crisis? Are we that purpose? Well, if you remember where we said the purpose may have this time around, was to get asteroids off of us and at the same time of ending adolescence by being able to mature enough to produce uh, separated offspring, then if nature, Gaia, follows the life it's created on Earth, it's ready to extend itself into the great ocean, into the great matter, and to transform itself. So those parts of itself, those species within itself, that can help it make that transition to a space race, to a space environment, to extend itself to a solar and then extrasolar spaces. There's oceans out there, deep, empty oceans that guy does not hear life from, does not hear the echo from, that could put children there. And that we're just a transitory species, creation of life immortal and everlasting. And that our value to there is not in a way that we interact to help create a way for Gaia to continue its existence. That's a very rough way of the universe. And then when you realize at the end that the universe is a consumptive universe, black holes eat stars, stars eat gases to ignite, plants, you know, pulling the rock around it. Everything has an energy exchange to the universe. And now we're seeing it looks more and more neural. Then you see that life itself, even human life right now, really does fulfill a gaius, a hard gaius, belief, and that is the idea of everlasting life in the cosmos. A certain immortality of a billions or multiple billions of year-old life form. Because that's what we are as a cumulative. Every part of Earth is really simply part of a billion-year-old, billions-of-year-old life form. We keep kind of pushing it back a little bit. Whereas somewhere along the way, organic chemicals organize themselves into self-replication. And that moment of organizing self-replication began it to create new, create more forms of itself and then new forms of itself and more diverse forms of itself. Just as, you know, the great uh, poems of Herodia, you know, she divided 
she divided herself again and again. And so we have this in common with all other life on Earth, even to the strange and weird octopus, which is an intelligent being down at the bottom of the ocean. And whales, we see great intelligence in dolphins. We see that those entities have a different life, but they're just as well as having intelligent life. And we see now that birds are self-aware. We're learning so much more as our eyes open up, as we are creating another level of Gaia intelligence. So are we, um, are we just transitory? Yeah, it could possibly. Could we be overpopulating ourselves? Probably. Can we be creating things that are necessary for Gaia's evolution? Yes. Are we going to survive all of this? Well, who's we? And that's always the question. Some of us will survive. Some of us will never procreate beyond. Our genetics will be moved along. But, you know, your genetics are a part of a larger, more complex entity. You know, mosquitoes eat you. Um, there's all sorts of ways your your genetics interact with other people's uh, genetic and your code interacts with each other. It's a fascinating world when you realize that the inner communication that we've always had, be it through my coil of forest and to, through the forest, and we've always had this innate intelligence that we've known about. We're afraid. Guy is frightening in her book of complexity and her power. So whether you, you form her in your mind as a goddess that you can interact with <clears throat> or a goddess that you cannot understand is beyond your comprehension. But for me, Gaia is the goddess that I know. I interact with every day. I interact with human beings and animals and all of it. And I can smell the scents which affect me and the food that I eat affects me. And every component in my life is part of a self-sustaining circle of life. And I am just a component in it. And all I do today is that I can basically share with you an idea that maybe you, if you understood that Gaia is not a singular kind of vision, but a living, breathing organism that you're a part of, and that you can start focusing on what you know we said and doing. So whenever we were taking our project that needed 50 generations to complete, and we do, we know we have it, at least 300 years. Everything, everything inside me tells me we've got like 300 years of climate change that we need now become islands and preservationists of this code. And if you too, you will have Picasso's and Rembrandt's when the world begins to recover. The crisis is not threat. It's our birth. And as a hard guy, I'm so excited about the idea they're going to carry seeds of Gaia into space. So that's my image of Gaia. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you um, uh, think about it. I hope you'll probably hear much lighter versions, I think, from uh, the other lords and ladies that will speak later, but that's me. So thank you for giving me this time and energy. How do you act in with Gaia? You can't prevent yourself from interacting with Gaia. Now the question is, how much productive energy of your own are you going to use to create as much life as possible? That's the real question. Thank you, and um, have a great day, and blessed be. Talk to you next month. Spring is on the way.